sing it with me. Jesus, we just want
And I want to begin in, in the Sing to the Lord songbook on, on song number 503. 503. Um, this is a great, I believe it is the anthem of our church. Called unto holiness, church of our God. Purchase of Jesus, redeemed by his blood. Called from the world and its idols to flee. Called from the bondage of sin to be free. Isn't this a great song? It's been a long time since we've sung it, hasn't it? We're going to sing it together tonight. I'm going to let you sit down on this first song, but if you're not really singing it, I'm going to make you stand up, okay? <laughs> All right, let's sing it together.
to turn to song number 352. I will tell you that I, I in, in my memory, I've grown up in the church. You've heard my story about when my dad got saved. And I have to tell you, this is the first song I remember. I can't tell you why, but it was an anthem in our family because it was because of the grace and the blood of Jesus that set us free. And so as far back as my mind will go, Ronnie Romans, this is the song that I remember the most. I heard an old, old story, how a Savior came from glory. <laughs> how He gave His life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about His groaning of His precious blood atoning that I repented of my sin won the victory.
February 14th at 5 to 8 p.m. in C.S. Valentine's Dinner. That's my anniversary. And my sweet wife and I are going there to support this fundraiser. And you're all welcome to come. It's $60 a couple, but there's going to be a little bit of music, I understand. Good food, good fellowship, and come and join in that, that time if you can. February 18th, 715 Cottage Prayer Meeting at the Bennett's House. Trust the Lord will come and meet you folks. Come in his presence and his glory and give you guys the ability to touch heaven for us. You know who they pray for, don't you? They pray for us. We, we sure do appreciate that. The 21st of February, Youth Revival, the 21st to the 23rd, 7.30 p.m. And Paul's uh, Stetler will be here. And I sure appreciate Brother Paul. Love him so very much. May the Lord add his blessing to our youth during that time. The 22nd at 10 and 1.30, Sisters of Strength, Sister Donna is hosting a brunch for the uh, Sisters of Strength. May the Lord come and bless them as well. Gentlemen, if you'll come forward, we'll receive the tithes of the seed.
Taylor, would you bless the offering? Yeah. 
here tonight. Amen. 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 And I appreciate the gospel messages that we've been hearing Amen. these past Sundays as we've got a new pastor. Amen. Amen. I believe the Lord's been helping him, don't you? Amen. Amen. When he helps him, it helps us. Amen. To feed our, our souls so that we'll be equipped to face whatever we have to tomorrow. Amen. And I, we've been getting some solid food, gospel food, and I appreciate that, Brother Bates, from the bottom of my heart. But we got to keep holding him up, him up in prayer. I know as a former pastor, we, we feel your prayers. We covet your prayers. Amen. And especially as he preaches God's word, the Lord will continue to bless him, anoint him, and help him. I like it when he gets a little bit excited. Amen. I have a hard time going to, well, I, I like it. Get excited. Praise God. Amen. I believe you have a special at this time. Then after that, uh, Brother Bates will bring us tonight's message. God bless you. Well, I'm thankful for the truth in this song we're getting ready to sing. To be honest, this is one of those songs that I'd have written it if I'd have thought of it. <laughs> and uh, the first time I heard this song, I uh, went to see some friends of mine sing. And um, they, had, uh, they had already picked out all their songs for the next project. And uh, the producer, Wayne Hong, went and picked them up the night before they went to the studio. He said, guys, I know you've already got your songs picked out. I wrote this last night to see what you think. It made the cut. <laughs> they ended up recording this one. And uh, it's taken out of a verse of scripture, and I think it's Nahum, that says, uh, the clouds are the dust of his feet. And the songwriter just kind of took off with that thought. If the clouds are the dust of his feet, just imagine how great he must be. You know, we look up and we see the clouds, and they look big, and they're, they're high up, and he has to look down at them. Literally are the dust at his feet, and I'm thankful tonight that there's nothing that he cannot do.
a lot of details are coming together. Um, I wanted to get a Bible college group for the whole weekend. It's not going to be possible on, on such a short notice. But let me tell you what is confirmed. Union Bible College will bring a couple of singing groups with them for Saturday night, and they will be with us. And so we're going to have back-to-back um, -back parties, Friday night and Saturday night. So Friday night, uh, we're going to have a party that will be hamburgers and hot dogs and stuff like that after the service. And then Saturday night, UBC is going to sponsor a pizza party. And so um, we're going to gain a lot of weight the weekend in Utah unless we play a lot of ball. Um, so um, I know there are other churches that are thinking about bringing their youth groups and coming and being part of our youth revival. And I say hallelujah. I hope they do. And uh, I'm excited that Paul has consented to be with us. And I'm trusting the Lord to help him. Now I want to ask a favor. We had 137 this morning. We had four that showed up and then they left because they got sick. Now this was before the singing or the preaching, so don't you blame it on the singing or the preaching. All right? They're fighting the bug. A lot of people fighting the bug. So in my heart, I want to say we had 141. Uh, could I have unanimous consent to say we had 141? Would that be okay? Do you think the Lord could help us have 150 next Sunday? Do you think that's possible? I do. You know, I second guess all the time. Okay, if so-and-so would have been here, and if, 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 you know, if this would have been here, and if this, uh, you know, and, 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 and Angie and her crew, they weren't able to be here because they were sick, and then there were other sisters. Uh, Sister Russell wasn't here and others that were sick and not able to be here. I just think if we work, if we all work hard together, I think we could have 150 next Sunday. So I'm just going to throw that out there and I'm going to, Kathy and her gang, they, you're here tonight. I'm so glad you're here. We missed you this morning. And so there are others that couldn't be here. So I don't know. Just, uh, just you pray and you pick up the phone and you invite somebody and let's just see what happens. Okay? You just never know. I'll tell you a quick funny story. Years ago, the Church of the Nazarene had a Sunday school contest that, that centered around uh, uh, the 4th of July. Does anybody remember this contest? We had three captains. Uh, one wore a red tie, the other one wore a white tie, the other one wore a blue tie. Did you, any of you do that? Did you, 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 so you know what I'm talking about. And the, the losing captains every Sunday that didn't have, and so if someone invited you and you were part of that team, you either wore a red, white, or a blue button. And the, um, the losing captains always got a portion of their tie cut, cut off on that Sunday morning. And they had to wear that tie. Um, when they would go calling, they had to wear that tie. Trina's nodding her head. You remember this. It's back, I think, in 1976 because it was around the bicentennial of, of, uh, of the birthday of America. And so, so um, my dad <laughs> um, was a little young and reckless back then. And um, we were in competition with another church. I don't know where it was. And my dad had figured it out that if we were going to beat them, it was going to be one specific Sunday. Ronnie Rome, do you remember this? You don't remember. You're getting older. See, you're getting old. Forget me. Um, Dad knew that on the last Sunday, we had to have so many people in order to possibly beat them. And we didn't beat them, but we almost beat them. But Dad said, told the crowd one Sunday, if we could have 
I think it was 300 on this Sunday, he said, I'll stand on my head and quote, Old Mother Hubbard, our nursery rhyme. And there was a lady, and he didn't have to. Now, folks, I'm not going to do anything like that. I'm just going to tell you right now. There was a lady that, uh, that, uh, that lady would come and fill a pew every Sunday because she wanted to see my father quote, Old Mother Hubbard, nursery rhyme. And he never had to. I'm not going to do anything like that. But I do hope that you'll pick up the phone and call somebody and say, you know what? Some exciting things are going on at Independent Nazarene. And uh, you just never know who God might help you help to get to him. Amen? So I, I hope you'll, you'll join me in, in working hard for next Sunday. I'd like for you to turn to the book of Acts chapter 16. <coughs> The book of Acts chapter 16. And I'm going to break into a story that I talked about just a little bit um, last Sunday. But I want to begin reading verse number 19. This is the story of Paul and Silas. And in verses 16 through 18, they had cast the, the, the devil out of, that, out, of that, out of that woman. And verse 19 says, when, their, when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace under the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. And teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him of the word, the word of the Lord and to all that were in the house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his, straightway. Verse 25. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. Sing praises unto God. Amen. On Sunday nights, I've been talking to you about the ten characteristics of a New Testament church. 
Last Sunday night, I talked to you about being a miraculous church. The Sunday night before that, I talked to you about being a passionate church. For a couple of weeks, I talked to you about being a spirit-filled church. Here's another characteristic of a New Testament church, and I do believe God wants us to be a New Testament church. And it's a strong desire in my heart that we follow the blueprint of the Holy Spirit as written in His Holy Word, especially in the book of Acts. And I believe another characteristic of a New Testament church is that we be a praising church. A praising church. I'm not good at pumping services up. I'm just not good at it at all. I'm not good at forcing people to do something they don't want to do. Brother John Anderson, you probably remember that there were times when someone would come to the altar when Brother Stafford was the pastor and he would do these things. He would go down and maybe grab you by the hand and hold your hand up. Remember that? Or he would reach down and he would tilt your chin and he'd say, look up, not down. God's up, not down. You remember that? I'm really not brave enough to do some of that stuff. If I ever did that to one of you, you'd probably pass out. And I'm not going to give you mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. Not going to happen. But I do believe that one of the characteristics of a church that is on fire for God is a church that praises God. I do believe that our praise is an indication of what's going on on the inside. I do believe our praise is an outward manifestation of what God is doing in us. I'm not here to suggest tonight that all of us will respond in praising God the same way. If Josh Thompson ever runs the aisles, I'm going to pass out. <laughs> I heard that. Josh, help, help a brother out, bro. I know that our personalities are all different. Some of us are more vocal than others. Some of us sing louder than others. I heard... Just a couple of Sunday nights ago, really, she's going to die when I say this out loud, but I heard Stephanie Thompson's singing voice kind of for the first time, and I almost passed out. She has a beautiful singing voice, and she was hitting the notes, and she doesn't know it, but I almost stopped and just stared like, you can sing! I know that we'll not all react Respond the same way. I know some of you are a lot more willing to raise your hand than others. I get it. I remember the first time I ever verbally said something in a service. I unfortunately chose a moment when nobody else was really saying anything else. And my brother about laughed me under the pew. Right on the second row. It took me a while to get expressive enough to 
raise my hand and say praise God and amen and praise the Lord. But can I say to you tonight, brothers and sisters, those are absolute marks of who we are as holiness people. And may it ever be so that we praise God. It's why I'm not really a big fan of giving Jesus a big hand clap of praise. Don, is it because you are opposed to clapping? That's not it at all. But in our daily life, when we go to concerts, when we go to the symphony and stuff like that, one of the ways we respond to a performance is through applause, right? Bravo. Twins have learned how to say that. Bravo. And so I get confused. And I'm just going to tell you a lot of church people do too. After a great special song or a great choir song or an awesome performance, when we applaud, and look, I'm not picking on anybody that does. Please don't think that. And I know that people that aren't comfortable or used to our style, they don't understand that. And, and so please do not think I'm picking on anyone. But if we're not careful, the applause is nothing more than a bravo for a song that was sung. And we are applauding the singer. Right? Now just stick with me a little bit. I promise I'm not going to preach forever. Because I know you want to get home to your popcorn and so do I. But when we say amen and praise the Lord, we all know who we're talking about, don't we? There's no question whatsoever. There's no confusion whatsoever. We are lifting our praise to Almighty God with no questions whatsoever. You don't have to wonder, are they applauding the singer? Are they applauding the song? Or are they giving Jesus a big hand type of praise? Well, brothers and sisters, I would prefer that we not get confused in our praise. And don't you ever praise a man. May you always praise the name of the blessed Jesus. Because he's worthy of our praise. And so praise is a characteristic of a New Testament church. I'm going to come back to my scripture, but I'm going to get away from this scripture for just a moment because I first of all want you to know that praising God is commanded in Holy Scripture. It's commanded. It's why we will never, or I never intend to embrace a, a formalistic approach of worship that's dead at four o'clock. I had the privilege one time of attending Washington National Cathedral. I was a senior in college and at Bible Missionary Institute. Rah, rah, rah. I did graduate from college, in case you didn't know, and I do have a degree. I guess there's been some concern about whether or not I have any education at all. <laughs> On our senior trip, we went to D.C. We were there over a Sunday. Sunday morning, we decided to go to Washington National Cathedral. I heard a choir sing, but I couldn't see them. We were over in a wing of the church, beautiful cathedral. Couldn't hardly even see the speaker, definitely didn't see the choir. Heard the music, beautiful music. But folks, I'm going to be honest with you. God wasn't there. 
Neither was the devil. See, the devil doesn't show up where God's not. He doesn't need to fight. If, if God's gone, he doesn't need to. You wonder why the devil fights our services sometimes? Because God's here. It's where the battle is. It's where the war is. You know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. If God's there, the devil's going to show up to try to fight it. Well, he didn't need to show up at Washington National Cathedral. Nobody was there. We were. All these dignitaries. That music was kind of interesting, too. I thought within myself, being the bratty 21-year-old that I was, I thought, I wonder what they would do if all of a sudden I just let out a big, well, glory! <laughs> I think they would have passed out. Or kicked me out. I've been in more than one service where I've wanted to do that, just to be a brat, but I haven't done it. Don't really want to get kicked out of a church service. But I don't understand why we think it's okay to embrace deadness. When Holy Scripture is clear, we are commanded to praise God. And I will tell you this. If you will come to church and learn to praise God, it will change how you worship. It will change what you get out of the service. It will change how you feel about worship. Brothers and sisters, if you, in case you haven't noticed, one of the ways God has helped us is our services are more and more being charged with an atmosphere of praise. I watched it this morning as we were trying to sing. Suddenly I saw as that song was beginning to minister to the hearts of the people. And one by one I saw hands going in the air. And I could tell that God was using the song to help you praise Him. So why is it important? It's commanded. I'm not going to read these scriptures. But write down Psalm 148, Psalm 149, and Psalm 150. Again and again and again and again. In Psalm 148, Psalm 149, and Psalm 150, it says these words, Praise ye the Lord. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. We used to sing it in a little kid's song. We're going to sing it again. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. It's not just a song, brothers and sisters. It's a command. We don't come to church and to try to pump it up. We don't come to church and go through what we go through just because it's our style. We do it because we believe that God inhabits the praise of His people. And that if we will praise Him, He will show up. That's why we do it. We praise God because it's commanded. Secondly, praising God, and I know this is a quasi-double negative. Praising God is not conditioned to our circumstances. I don't always feel like praising God. Amen. My sisters were not mourning people at all. We got any people here that aren't mourning people? You know what I mean by that? Uh-oh. A couple, a couple in the church is looking at each other with kind of a smirk. I'm not going to tell you who it is. My dad was a mourning person. I used to be a mourning person. I'll never forget one morning, he and I were getting ready to go to work. At 5.30 in the morning, we're getting ready to walk out the door. He got, in, he got this glorious idea to go in and listen to Donetta's bedroom. 
just flip on the light and start singing in an operatic tone and voice, and it inspired me. And I went and got my trumpet and walked in there and began to play the trumpet. Just I just felt like praising God. We got kicked out of the room. I cannot imagine what it would have felt like to be Paul and Silas beaten in chains, stripped of their clothes, it's midnight, and they're in jail. In the human, I think Silas would have said, Paul, did you really have to cast that demon out? I mean, come on, bro. Really? Did you really have to get us in this mess? Nothing like that happened. Midnight. Brothers and sisters, I know what midnight feels like emotionally. Don't you? I know what it feels like to be bound by my depression. Bound by my circumstances. Bound by sometime Ebenezer Scrooge, the chains of my own making. You know what that feels like, don't you? You know what it feels like to come to church and you really didn't want to come to church. You wanted to just hide your head under the pillow. Because in your mind, it's midnight. In your mind, it's dark. In your mind, it's not fun. We have all been there, haven't we? Life is easy when you're up on the mountain and you have peace of mind like you've never known. But then things change and you're down in the valley. At midnight, look at verse 25 again. At midnight, they prayed. And they started singing praises to God. Midnight. Hasn't always been easy to come to church, has it? You know what God's helped us do? He's helped us come to church anyway. Well, hallelujah. God's going to help us. Hallelujah, God's going to be here. Hallelujah, I'm going to go and give it 110% and I'm going to do my best to plead the blood of Jesus and fight off the hounds of hell. And what have we done? We started singing and suddenly the Holy Spirit has slipped in. And a few weeks, few nights ago, Brother Taylor was late, but when he walked in, he said it hit him as soon as he walked in the sanctuary. He just sensed that God was already in this place. Was that because we tried to pump up anything? No, it was because we began to praise God. We began to lift Him up. We began to adore Him. And we weren't worried about our circumstances. And we weren't doing it because we felt like it. We just did it because we knew that God would help us if we would. So remember that the next time you feel like complaining. Remember that the next time you're tempted to be critical. Remember that the next time things aren't going like you think they should go. Remember that if it's midnight and you're bound in some depression and you're bound in some chains and you don't feel good and you don't feel like there's any hope, remember that might be the time to start praising Him. That might be the time to just say, well, hallelujah, God's still on the throne. Pray changes things. Somehow He's going to see me through. Because praising God is not conditioned to our circumstances. Thirdly, and I'm going to close. 
Praising God is compelling. The jailer found Jesus because of their praise. I grew up in a denomination that was extremely expressive in their worship. One of the old camp meeting songs I remember was, I think, page 97 in that little Glorious Freedom songbook. Anybody remember that little Glorious Freedom songbook? Saved by the blood of the crucified one. Ransomed from sin and a new work begun. Sing praise to the Father and praise to the Son. Saved by the blood of the crucified one. Anybody remember that song? Amen. Saved, saved, my sins are all pardoned. My guilt is all gone. Saved, saved, I'm saved by the blood of the crucified one. Amen. People would begin to shout. As a young boy, it made my heart hungry. Did you hunger to run the aisles, Don? No, I didn't. Did you hunger to stand up, jump up, down, scream? No, I didn't. I'll tell you what I was hungry for. I was hungry for whatever it was they had that made them want to shout. And I've been in services where while people were shouting and running the aisles, others were running to the altar. Have you? That? And while Holy Spirit pandemonium was just breaking out and other saints were rejoicing, at the same time, God was convicting sinners. You, if you're a saint, you didn't realize what was going on, but I'll tell you what was going on. The Holy Spirit was drawing somebody in and they were saying, you can have what they're shouting about. You don't have to come to church miserable. You don't have to come to church with all of that guilt and grief and pain. God can give you something to praise Him about. And here's what I believe, brothers and sisters. I believe with all of my heart, if God will help us to be an even greater praising church than we've been in the past, then more and more of the Holy Spirit will charge this place with His presence and more and more He will draw people to Him. it's when we praise Him that He shows up. And one of the characteristics of a New Testament church is that they were a praising church. Would you stand with me? Just a cappella sing this chorus. A 